What is up, everybody? We are back again for another episode. I'm in a good mood because it is Saturday of me recording this, and I'm actually recording ahead of time, so that is super exciting. But we are going to talk about something very serious today, and I'm going to give you guys an example of what today's topic is going to be about, and then we're really going to get into it. So last week, I had a work event. We were hosting a school at our facility and we were running an event for them. So we had also had a taco truck coming for lunchtime, right? And so I'm like in charge of the facility. So we have like a ton of kids. Like I don't even know how many kids there were there, high school students and teachers. We had so many. But I think the taco truck came about 11, maybe 10.30, got set up, got ready by 11. And then it was time to send the kids out, right? So me being a good host of the facility, I was like, I'm going to let all the kids go first. I'm going to let the teachers go first. And then I'll get my tacos after. But here's the issue. I had a chiropractor appointment set at 12. Mind you, I did. I set this chiropractor appointment way before I knew that we were going to host this event at this facility. And I hate recalling and rescheduling because my anxiety says they are going to get so annoyed of you if you call and reschedule just because you want, you know, obviously I'm not going to tell them why, but they're going to be just annoyed of you that you're calling to change the schedule. So I said, okay, I bet, you know, with how many kids and, and teachers there are, by the time I get back, there'll still be kids in line and I'm still going to make the taco truck. So I leave about 11.45. I go to the Cairo. And this chiropractor appointment was actually serious, guys. Like, it wasn't just an adjustment. I actually had a back injury. So it was definitely needed, and I've it's been affecting some nerves in my hips, so it's just been affecting my walking. So it was also a serious appointment that I just wanted to go to because I just wanted to heal already. So I get there, and I think I get done around 12.20. Like I said, the there was a bunch of kids and teachers, but they started – lining up at 11 and we sent like different groups, you know, we didn't send them all at once. We sent like 20 kids at a time and there were still so many kids out there by the time I left. I'm like, there's no way that this, that they're going to be done by the time I get back. I was not even there for 30 minutes. I might've left for 30 minutes, but I wasn't even at the Cairo for 30 minutes. I was there for 20 minutes. You know, he did what he needed. It actually really helped. I feel a lot better. Um, I got out of there. I drove right back. I didn't even go home. I went right back and I already had my money. I like went to the ATM that morning, specifically that morning to get cash out because I wanted tacos from a taco truck. I get back and I see the taco truck in the parking lot. I'm so effing excited because it's still there and I was making it on time, but there was nobody in line. When I saw nobody in line, I was like, okay, they're still there. So maybe, you know, they just wrapped up. They all just went inside and like 
I still got time because he's still there. It's not hooked up to his truck. So, you know, maybe he'll be nice and be like, hey, yo, I know you're the host and you had to leave, but like, let me hook you up. I walk over, I have my money with me, and I look at him, and he looks at me, and he's in the middle of cleaning, like his grill or whatever he does to make his tacos. And I see the sign that says, sorry, we're closed. And I'm like, oh, he saw so many faces. He probably doesn't even recognize me. He probably just thinks I'm some random person from the community because I only saw him for a little bit. So he probably doesn't even know that, like, or if he even recognized me from earlier. And so, you know, also he was cleaning and I wasn't going to be like, hey, yo, like, quit cleaning and remake me some stuff. Like, no, he was, like, already ready to bounce, okay? And I've been a server at restaurants before. I've never been a cook, but I know, like, once you start that cleaning process, it is a pain to just start completely over and then have to clean it all again. Like, maybe... If you aren't in a restaurant experience, you don't completely understand that. But I've served for many years. And as soon as I saw him cleaning and he looked at me and he waved and I think he smiled. But he was also like, ah, you know, he gave me that look of like, sorry, we're closed. I was so, so mad. But, you know, I smiled at him and I waved. And then I also had promised my husband that I would bring him home tacos for lunch after I got, you know, in the line of the taco truck after my Cairo, I would go back home and we would enjoy tacos together. So I whip out my phone and I call him and I'm like, hey, so I didn't make it. And the nice husband that he is, he said, oh, that's okay. Like we can just do something else. We can order from a restaurant or we can just go out quick. Cause you know, I already spent half of my lunch time at the chiropractor. So I didn't have much time even though he didn't really care, I have depression and anxiety. I'm in the midst of switching pills. So me not having taken medicine for two to three weeks, I was livid. Livid, guys. Like, you can't even imagine a girl just getting, you know, when a girl is so hangry, like her mood is just just not it. And then as soon as you give her food, she does like a little happy dance. That's exactly how it went. But like it, I, if you were on the outside and you saw me, cause no one was out there. So nobody saw me. But if you were on the outside and you saw exactly what I did, you would have been like, oh my God, is this girl 12 years old that didn't get like a lollipop or something? Cause I like threw a tantrum in my car. I know I'm so dramatic and I freaked out because I didn't get tacos, okay? But I got up early. I went to the ATM. I got cash out, you know, and I was being nice and letting everyone go first. And I wasn't going to budge because I also have anxiety and I don't want people to be mad at me for budging. But I was like, crap, you know, I got a Cairo. I hope I make it back in time. And I didn't. I was raging. I got into my Wrangler and I threw my Lululemon bag that had my money in it. And I just started bawling. I know I laugh about it now because it's so freaking ridiculous. But that's how pissed I was. But that's how, that's the type of anxiety that I deal with. And I finally learned that from being off of, like not taking any meds for years when this had started. I finally got on meds the beginning of this year. I don't think it was the end of last year. I think I started at the beginning of this year. But it was recent. 
and then having to get off them because I'm switching, it's like my mood just collapsed. And when I was taking medicine, I was, my, I wouldn't get as frustrated with things as easily. And that was one reason why I went to therapy and I talked to a doctor because I was just so sick of getting so mad and irritable so easily. And I thought it was just me. I just thought I was a bad person and like I needed to literally chill the F out. But I realized, no, it's literally just mental health and mental health is actually a real thing. So as I was driving you know, I called my husband and we made plans to go eat somewhere else and I was hangry and I told him to choose where to eat because I was just too mad to even decide. I did not care. So I'm driving over to meet him, you know, and he's all like, oh, it's okay. Like once you get food in you, you'll feel better. And which he was completely right. I felt fine, but I was still like, oh my God, like I just planned this whole day to eat tacos. But I was driving and I was like, you know, I finally had this moment of like, okay, you're not a bad person. It's literally just your mental health. And I've been talking with my therapist about this. She's, She told me recently that she's pretty proud of me for really realizing that anxiety is not who I am and that it's just a literal illness that we have to work through. And even though some people might be different, some people relate and maybe also get as irritable as I do, Maybe they don't show it as well and they're actually joyful but sad on the inside. You know, there's different types, but mine is mostly just being super irritable, petty, and that's the biggest thing I think with mine. You know, there's there's days where I'm super sad and I'm hopeless and I'm not very motivated and that's a little behind this, like not seen stuff, but like little other details and sometimes that's more worse, but I hated getting, having like little stupid tantrums like that. Like I felt so immature when I told my husband, he just laughed because he like, you know, we've been together for a long time, so he understands, but he's like, it's okay. Like we got you food now. Like it's fine. I'm like, I know, but it's just annoying. He's like, it doesn't matter though, does it? Like you got your food, like it's fine. And we just kind of started laughing about it moving on. So anyway, moral of the story, I did not get tacos. I did throw a little tantrum but I had this realization of, oh my God, it is not you. You're not a little baby. It's your anxiety. And my therapist also told me to give my anxiety a name. So I know I said I wasn't going to swear so much in podcast, but you know, if it happens, it happens. And right now I'm going to do it on purpose. But this is what me and my therapist talked about. And we said that I'm going to start calling my anxiety little bitch. And it's actually changed because it really does make me think of like, okay, it's separate. It's not me. Because when I am taking medicine and I am like going to therapy on a regular, you know, month to month basis, we actually pushed it out to month to month. I used to have to do every two weeks and now I'm at every month, which is good progress. But whenever I was doing those things to help my mental illness, I could tell that I was who I was again, like who I was before I really had issues with this. I would say freshman year of high school, maybe eighth grade is when it kind of really hit the fan. I don't know if I've, I guess we're going to talk more about the beginning journey of my mental. That's kind of what this episode is about is like my mental health journey. 
But yeah, so guys, I did not get my tacos, but I'm good. I realized it and I'm moving on and I'm just started my new pills two days ago. So we're going up, we're making progress. But yeah, let's get into it. So I thought it would be a good idea to throw a disclaimer here. You know, I'm not a licensed therapist. I'm not here to tell you guys that what I do with how I handle things is exactly what you should do. I'm not saying you have to take medicine. I'm not saying you have to go to therapy. I'm not telling you anything. I'm basically just telling you guys my experience and you can take what you want from it, but I'm not requiring any of you guys. I'm not telling you guys you have to do anything. I'm just telling you my experience, what I do to take care of myself, blah, blah, blah. So I hope that's a good disclaimer. Take it as you must. But like I said, I think my whole anxiety and depression started eighth grade to freshman year of high school. I know that family history is kind of a part of anxiety and depression. Like I said, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. So I'm not sure if I already had anxiety and depression. And it just, as you get older, it gets worse. You know, my mom, my grandma has dealt with mental. I think maybe other people in my family have also. So it's just, it is a genetic thing for me. But also I have had traumatic life events that have I think triggered it almost and made it even worse. That's just my opinion on it. I don't know, but this is my experience. So I think it started because in eighth grade, I started getting bullied by someone who I considered a friend. And he was in the same grade as me. And when we got to freshman year of high school, it continued. Now, the good thing, an anonymous source, and I, I think I told you guys about this. I honestly have no idea, but if I didn't, you know, I got bullied from eighth grade to freshman year, just constantly being told I was stupid, constantly relating me to, like, a guy, like, because I was a huge tomboy, so they're like, oh, my God, you walk like a guy, you talk like a guy, you look like one, or I tried makeup for the first time, they're like, oh, my God, that's so gross, you look like a ghost, and I don't know if I just did too pale or whatever, but they were just like making fun of me. I got made a fun of for, you know, I didn't have braces yet. So I got made a fun of my like tooth gap that was in between, which yeah, it was not pretty, but they came at me and just made really fun of my appearance and then just calling me stupid on top of that. So that's kind of where it started. Now, when I got to high school, I also told you guys that I was a very boy crazy I was not allowed to date, you know, for my parents, they said, you're not allowed to date until you get to high school because, you know, they were trying to think of it smart and say, like, we just don't want you to focus on boys. We want you to focus on yourself, you know, but I was too boy crazy. So I don't know if they knew that and that's why they didn't want me to date. But like, that's all I thought about. So once I got to high school, you know, I took advantage of that. Like day one, like I, I was asking guys out. I was not afraid to go out and ask guys out that I liked. And most of the guys that I talked to, you know, they were one month long relationships. Okay. They were nothing. We were freshmen in high. I was a freshman in high school dating other freshmen or 
I even dated an eighth grader and I dated, you know, it was one month long, nothing serious. We barely even texted. We didn't even really talk in school. Like it was just that lame, stupid little kid kind of dating, right? So it would end. But most of those relationships ended with them leaving me for another girl. And I was like, okay, so I must be the problem, right? Like they must, you know, it was either them going back to their ex or them talking to a new girl or whatever the case was, it just, you know, and it didn't happen in every relationship, but it was the majority of the guys that I had talked to, like not even completely dating, but sometimes I, we would just start talking and then eventually I'd, I'd hear, oh, well, he was hanging out with another girl. So then we would stop talking. There was always another girl. You know, when I got made fun of for my appearance, I get made fun of being too much of a tomboy. I got made fun of being stupid. So I'm like, okay, these guys must be leaving me because they date me or talk to me and then leave me for somebody else because I wasn't good enough. So that's when I started to constantly listen to sad music in my room. I was listening to breakup songs. I was listening to, you know, I'm not good enough songs and just very like depressing music. And I would blast my music, guys. I used to want to be a singer so bad. So I thought like, you know, I'm going to be that girl that got bullied and got left. And like, I'm going to become famous from it. And I'm going to sing all these sad songs. And all these people are going to, you know, regret it one day. So I'm just singing in my room, right? Days on days on days. And my parents started to realize like, okay, like what the heck is going on? Like she never used to be like this. She's always cooped up in her room singing these sad songs and, you know, she doesn't go out as much anymore. What the heck is the problem? So my mom actually took me to therapy for the first time in my freshman year. I don't remember if it was like towards the end of the year or what, but I started going to a therapist nearby I didn't really share too much about what was going on. I really thought that therapy was not what I needed. I thought like, oh my God, like this is for people who are really needed. Like I don't really need therapy. Therapy is for people who have an actual problem and I don't have a problem. I just have people that are rude in my life and I hate them all. <laughs> I didn't think that I was actually going through something, but I was, you know, looking back at it. So I started going, it didn't really go well, so then I quit. Now, fast forward, I'm just going to skip all this because, like I said, I'm going to give you guys an episode about high school, and I'm going to give you an episode about my toxic relationship, and that has way more of an effect on my mental illness. Oh my gosh, there is way more to it. But I'm going to fast forward to the next time that I got into therapy, okay? So I'm... Gosh, how old was I? You know, I don't even remember. I think it was... I mean, it was years ago because I was coaching junior high softball and I... That's all I remember is like I was at junior high softball. So this was years ago. Okay, so I'm 25 now. This might have been when I was like 20, 21, something like that which it really doesn't feel like that long ago, which is why I'm kind of confused, but I know I was doing junior high softball because I was at practice when I had a panic attack. And I was at a completely different other job. So it had to be that long ago and I've just been in therapy since. It just doesn't feel like that long, but whatever. Moving on. 
years ago when I was about 2021, 20, I was having a panic attack in my car when I was about to coach softball practice. Like I was just parked and about ready to get out, you know, and go help set up. I don't even know what I was having a panic attack about. I just think that like, you know, I was going back to school after the summer was over and I was like, just so confused about my life. Like, what the heck do I want to do? I was just really confused, honestly. Like I was just, no, I wasn't even going back to school. I was out of school at that time. Wasn't I? Oh my God. I honest, this timeline is pissing me off. I actually don't remember when this was, and this is kind of confusing. I might've been older. I'm so sorry, guys. It doesn't really matter the timeline. It was just some years ago. Okay. I had a panic attack. I called that therapy place that I went to that my mom had brought me like years before, back when I was a freshman in eighth grade. And I said, hey, like, I don't remember who I used to talk to, but I just want to talk to somebody because I'm just freaking out. I can't really breathe, and I'm just, like, hyperventilating at that point. And so they talked to me about somebody. I don't – it was a completely different person. I honestly don't even remember who the person that I had before because I just really didn't care about it back then when I was first doing it. So I couldn't really remember the name of the person that I had. They gave me somebody new, and I've been with her ever since. I've been with her on and off. In the beginning, it was really bad. But it was about so many different things. It was about life. It was about, like, what am I doing with my life? I don't know. It makes me almost feel like I was in a different job and not school because, like, I didn't like my job at the time. It had to be that. It literally had to be when I was out of college. So maybe this is when I was 22. Anyway, like I said, it doesn't matter. I believe I was at this job and I was just depressed about how I hated it. And I'm like, how do people go to a job every single day, 40 hours a week, and then have barely a weekend, you know, that flies by and got to do it all over again. Like I hate it and I hate that I jump around. Yeah. Okay. This was when I started this job because I kept saying like, I know I went to college and like, I know I've jumped around jobs a lot and people tell me all the time like you guys remember when I told you about this in my dream life like I used to hate jumping around because I felt so judged and everyone's like dude you gotta stay committed if you want your future dream career to actually like want you and believe that you're gonna be a person who sticks around I was so depressed I didn't want to stay in that job it literally sucked I was doing manual labor and that's not really what I signed up for you know, I kind of knew I was going to do some of that manual labor, but I thought it was going to be more like 20%, not like 70% manual labor and 30% the other fun stuff I was actually doing. I don't want to complain about it too much, okay? Um, It just wasn't for me. It wasn't fit for me. Like, it's a fine job, okay? It just wasn't for me. Um, I hated it. I hated it every single day, and I was trying to figure out, you know, which direction should I go? Like, should I keep trying to find something in this major? Do I just need to do something completely different? I was just so lost to the point where I was like, okay, what is the freaking purpose of life? I honestly don't know because if people can do this for 40 freaking years or whatever it is, 
I don't think I can last that long. I honestly didn't think that I could last that long. So I was like, I feel like I have to, but everyone's saying, like, that's going to look so bad on your resume, blah, blah, blah. Luckily, my therapist knew how much I was struggling with it, and she was like, listen, who cares what people think? You just got out of college. People are going to understand that you're figuring your life out out of college, and you're going to find something. And someone is going to take you and look at your resume and say, like, yep, I want her. And, you know, it took me a few years, but I finally found something last year that, you know, based off my resume of working there for, you know, I didn't even work there for a full year, I don't think. But they still liked that I had experience and they took me on. And now I'm, you know, I'm not at my dream job, but I'm at a way better job than I was before. I'm at a better job than I was working at Starbucks and serving and all of that. Like I liked Starbucks and serving, but you know, I wanted obviously have a job where I got paid good and I didn't have to deal with customers every day, all day long. So yeah, it paid off. I'm so glad that she advised me to do that. I think I would have done it anyway, just because I just knew I couldn't do it anymore. But just like having that person say like, Hey, it's okay. People are going to be like, Oh, she left and then you're going to prove them wrong and they're going to be like, oh, well, I guess you can do that. And it worked. And I proved it. Not that I need to prove anything. She also said, like, you don't have to prove anybody wrong except yourself. Like, don't let other people dictate your life. Like, obviously, that sounds so obvious and so simple, but it's hard not to feel like, like you're a disappointment if you keep changing stuff in your life constantly because you can't figure out exactly what you want but it worked in my benefit and if you're struggling with the same thing I can guarantee like it'll work in your benefit and like I said it took me years for it to work out I had to work part-time jobs until I got an option so don't think like oh well then I'm gonna quit and I'll find my dream job tomorrow okay it's gonna take time as much as I would love to say that yeah your dream job is waiting for you tomorrow, but don't stop looking. Like I'm still currently looking for my dream job right now, and I will keep looking until the day I die. Whether it's this podcasting gig that actually goes off, whether it's something with social media because I still love doing that. I'm just trying to figure that out right now. So I'm not doing any videos or really getting into posting again because like I told you guys before, I don't want to make it a chore. I want to make sure that it's fun. So I got to do something that's fun, but I'm going to take my time. I'm going to be patient with it, which is really hard for me to do, but I'm going to do it. Um, whether that's full-time coaching, you know, I'm still, I've actually been having some interviews with some jobs that I hope, you know, will get me to coaching full-time in the future. But beyond that, I've been in therapy for years on and off now. And not only did I have a terrible time figuring out what I want to do with my life, having a terrible time thinking that there was even a purpose in life, I felt like, you know, I'm not saying like I'm going to do something bad, but like I had thoughts about it. And I told my therapist, like, don't worry, I know I'm not going to do it because I couldn't do that to my parents. I couldn't do that to Jake, you know, I think I was with Jake at the time just dating, but like, I didn't want to do that. It was mostly for my parents just because we did just start dating, but I was like, I can't do that to my parents. And I had a cat 
you know, I wanted to, I felt like a mom. I am a fur mom and I'm not going to just, okay, moving on. Anyway, I'm fine. Okay. I'm talking with the therapist. We're good. But there's still that feeling of like, is there a purpose? I don't understand. What the heck am I supposed to do? Okay. Now, remember, I told you there's a disclaimer, trigger warning. Like if this is bothering you at all, just hit pause and get off. Okay. Like, I don't want you guys to get triggered by any of this. I'm just telling you my experience. And if you relate it, relate to it. And now you don't feel so alone. You're like, Oh my God, I thought I was the only person that thought this way. Like I'm, I just don't feel as alone. Like that is the whole point of this. Okay. The whole point is for you to relate. The whole point is for you to feel like, Oh God, like, I'm just so glad that it's not just me. I'm not the problem. Okay. That is the whole point of this podcast is to literally make you guys feel that you're not alone and that you're not a problem. It is just the way that it is and we all have our issues and that's okay. I think a lot of our mental issues are very relatable. So I know I've related to other podcasts and it helps me. So I just hope that it helps you. But if it's triggering you and it's not doing well for you, just pause and go like, I'm sorry. (laughs) Um. Moving forward, though, I was, like, with Jake at the time, and I was really struggling with my trust in in him and our relationship. So I'll get into that as well. I think I've mentioned to you guys before, like, I'm in a healthy, loving marriage at this point. But when we first started dating, I hadn't dated anyone for a little over a year since my last four-and-a-half-year relationship. And I literally don't care if you think a little over a year is not long enough. After a four and a half year relationship that was super toxic, like it does not, it does not freaking matter. And you guys can judge me all you want, but I found the my freaking soulmate. So I don't care. <laughs> I hadn't dated anyone since. I had some crushes and whatever, but this is my first real relationship since my four and a half year toxic relationship. And in my toxic relationship, I'm not going to get into do t- into too much detail about it yet on today's episode. But I had been cheated on multiple times. I've been compared to by multiple women. And after four years of dealing with that, it just affected this relationship. So when we first started dating, like I was very untrusting. I didn't, you know, when we didn't live together and I never believed him that he wasn't doing anything I always thought like every time he invited me to come over or whatever like if I wasn't over I was constantly thinking he was with somebody else and if I was driving over I was like this is the day I'm gonna catch him or like I would look at his phone you know and when we first started dating I was we were living very far apart we were living I was living in my college and he was back home so we were four hours apart But it triggered me more when I started to realize this relationship was real when I moved back and we lived a little bit closer and we were only about 40 minutes apart, 30 minutes apart. And that's when it really was like, okay, every time I drive over, like I'm going to catch him. Even if he invited me over, I was still like, okay, like maybe he still has somebody there. And like, I told him I'm going to leave soon, but really I left already. I'm like halfway there already. Like, yeah, that sounds crazy, but that's literally how my mind worked. And every time I got there, there was never an issue. Like, Obviously, like I told you guys, I married him. We're in a healthy relationship. He never gave me a reason to 
not trust him. Like, yeah, we've had our ups and downs and there's been some issues, but he's never physically or emotionally or anything like that cheated on me with anybody else. Okay. But like, I felt like he was going to because of my past of always getting left for another girl during those stupid little mini relationships I had my freshman year, moving to my four and a half year, constantly being told like other girls are better, constantly flirting in front of girls in front of me on purpose, cheating on me, even with a friend, like all of that. And then I get to this real relationship and I'm like, okay, I've never had an experience where a guy didn't do something and like didn't leave me for somebody else. You know what I mean? So like, I was like, this is going to be it. This is going to be the day that I catch him because of course there's, I'm never going to find a guy that's not going to be interested in another girl. Like all guys are the same. All guys are going to be so interested in another girl. Like they're going to always look at other girls in like a sexual way and blah, blah, blah. And I think even there's still some nice guys out there who are in relationships and their other partner is okay with that. Okay. Like if you're in a relationship and you guys both agree, like, yeah, we can find other people attractive in a sexual way, but like, whatever, we don't care. Like that is you, that is your relationship. I didn't want to be with someone who was okay with that. So like, we had a long talk about like, okay, like if you look at another girl and be like, yeah, I want to bang that girl, but I'm with, you know, like I want to, but I'm not going to because I'm in a relationship. Like to me, that's still, that's not right. Like I don't want, I'm not saying that it's cheating. I'm just saying like, I didn't want that in a relationship. And he said the same thing. He said he also didn't want that. And he never thought of it like that. And I just never believed him. I'm like, no way. Like, all guys are the same. All guys look at other girls, even if they're in relationships, and say, like, yeah, like, I want to bang this other girl. Like, I'm going to go talk to my friends about how I want to bang all these girls because that's what my ex did. And my ex would literally do it in front of our other friends. Like, if we were in a group, he'd be like, yeah, so you see that girl way over there? Like, yeah, I want to I wanna do her. And, like, I'd be sitting right there. And I, eventually, I thought that was normal. But like I said, I don't want to get into too much detail because that is a different episode. But constantly being compared and like listening to that just traumatized me so now I was like okay like the next real relationship I get like I'm actually not gonna date someone who's toxic like I'm gonna be really picky and I just found the best relationship I could ever find because we have been through our ups and downs of trying to deal with this anxiety this untrustworthiness and this whatever it is and it's, you know, I still have my ups and downs. I think with me being off medicine right now, it has been a little bit hard, but our, me trusting him has gotten so much better. Like going to therapy, even alone before taking my meds, I would say that I finally started to trust him again. And maybe that was just because we've been together for so long and I never found anything that was super alarming. I don't know. That sounded weird to word it that way, but like I never, there was never a reason for me to be like, okay, yeah, I need to bounce. Okay. And he's just super sweet. Okay. Whenever I'm having these panic anxiety attacks, like he's there, like he's not like being a jerk like in the past. Okay. Um, moving on. So the trustworthiness has gotten better and I'm to a point where like 
yeah, like now he's downstairs playing video games literally while I'm recording and he's doing his own thing. But when I was, when we were first started dating and he was like playing video games while I was like in his room, like I used to be like, oh my God, like I can't handle this. Like he's, he's got to be doing something on there. He's got to be talking to other people. He's got to be washing stuff. Like I was always so scared. So like, I would always like purposely walk by to go to the bathroom. I'd purposely walk by to go get drinks. And every time he was playing games, I'm like, I still couldn't believe it. I'm like, he's just really smart. And he's really just planning. Like he can hear when I'm coming. And like, he's just got this all figured out. It was just so bad. Like it was to a, a very, very dramatic point, which is another reason why I went to therapy. So there's two reasons. One, because I would always get super irritable. I had a panic attack. Okay, there's more than two reasons, but I had a panic attack, super irritable. And then third, because my trustworthiness and my effect on our relationship was just outrageous. Like it was horrible. You know, thank God he kept me around because now we're happier than ever. But like, the only reason why we would ever fight was because I just didn't ever believe him. And then I would start something up and like, it was just chaotic. But the fact that I went into therapy was the best thing that I could have ever done, even though it was on and off. Like there'd be months where I would go and then I would stop and then it would get worse. And then I'd be like, okay, I got to talk to you again. And like, I'd get back on. And I've been doing that for years. And I think I've been going consistently for a year now. But I would get to a point where I'm like, okay, like, I'm fine. Like, I just don't want to pay for this anymore. You know, like, I'm done. And it's not like it was expensive. But, like, I just didn't. I almost got depressed from driving to the therapy, like, clinic. And I was like, I just don't want to drive there. You know, take time out of my day. Like, I just want to stay home and do nothing. And the best part about that is, like, now that I don't live. I think I live, like, 30 minutes away from her building. And we do Zoom calls instead of, like, me driving over there. And I think that helps because then I can just hop on and hop off. Like, I don't have to literally drive 30 minutes there and 30 minutes back and, like, take a whole entire, you know. And then it's an hour-long session. Like, I have to work Monday through Friday plus coaching now. I don't have time to do that. So, like, having to make time for that was such a pain. It's literally two hours out of my day. So, now that we can do it over Zoom has made a tremendous difference. And I was finally taking medicine. I got on medicine. And the reason why I got off of it was because it would keep me up at night. I could not sleep. You know, my mood was way better. I wasn't getting as frustrated. I wasn't getting as irritable. I was actually motivated to clean my house, to clean myself, like as gross as that sounds. But when you're really depressed, you don't want to do anything. And it literally means anything. And I would want to go out more and talk to people. And, like, I didn't mind working a little bit more. But now that I'm switching meds because I wanted to try something different so I could actually sleep at night, it's like, okay, here it comes. Like, I'm really dealing with this whole entire, like, downslope of emotions, okay? Like, I'm going back to not being motivated, going back to being super irritable. So if like you say one little thing, like it sets me off and I just, I can't shut it off until I've had like this moment of like peace. So if you're someone who gets irritable, this is kind of how I deal with it. So say like, 
I don't know, my husband says something that pisses me off. And, like, we get in a huge fight about it. That fight is not going to get better until I literally have to walk away. Like, I can't even just sit there next to him. I have to walk away. And sometimes I don't. Like, I really should remember that I have to walk away sometimes. Because, like, if you stay in that conversation, I feel like it makes it worse. Like, you have to have that moment of peace so that your mind is like, hey, this isn't you. This is your depression, anxiety, just rashing out and you just need to calm down and get your emotions in check and bring yourself back before I let that little bitch come out and just start attacking him right so I guess I don't know if that would work for you guys if you deal with that but I think walking away cooling off getting into your thoughts and being like hey like you are being very dramatic right now go back out there apologize and let's work through it like adults or not even adults just that sounds terrible, but like handle it with good emotions and not this chaotic anxiety and depression, okay? The whole moral of this story, I guess, I kind of wanted to get out there is saying like, now that I've dealt with anxiety and depression and I got help, you know, I sought out help and I got therapy and then after like a year or two, I was like, okay, I think it's time to try medicine. So we tried that. Made a big difference. Like, honestly, somebody asked me one day, like, are you happy when I was on medicine? And I was like, I actually am. Like, I can't believe that I'm actually like saying that I'm happy right now. But now that I'm off, you know, now I'm going through it again. So if you would ask me that today, I'd be like, eh. And they'd be like, why? And I'd be like, I literally think, I don't know, because I think it's just the fact that I'm dealing with this anxiety and depression without the help of meds. So, so that's my experience. Like I said, you don't have to take medicine. You don't have to, you know, I think you should try and find something that would help you, whether it's coping with music. You know, I will say don't purposely play sad music on yourself. I actually have been told that that makes it worse. So I advise not doing that. Sometimes it's good to let those crying emotions out, but maybe only play two sad songs and then like play some happy songs. I don't know. Whether it's music, whether it's drawing, whether it's walking, whether it's working out, it does not matter what it is as long as it helps you. But sitting on your couch every single day and just feeling bad for yourself, like I'm not trying to come at you. I used to never believe anybody when they told me this. I thought just laying down and doing absolutely nothing was the key ingredient. And I'm not saying like every day you have to be distracting yourself because I think you do need those days where it's like, oh my God, I just want to do absolutely nothing for one day and just breathe in my emotions. Like it's fine to take one day, okay? But don't do it for a week straight where you're just not doing anything to help yourself. At least try and help yourself whatever way possible, because you're just making it worse for you. And if you want to live that miserable life, then keep doing it day by day. But if you're tired of living this miserable life, you got to find something. It could be the simplest thing. It could just be going outside. You know, it's summer now. I know today is not very good for us Midwesterns, but like when it's sunny out, literally just go outside and sit on your steps for 10 minutes. I don't know if that would help. But I know when the sun is out, like soaking that sun in, like, yes, seasonal depression is also real. Soaking in that sun 
makes a big difference. And like driving around for me, like, yeah, I know gas money is high. Like, ugh, maybe just sit in your driveway and like listen to music or something. Like just feel that fresh air outside makes a big difference. Do yoga, do meditation. Just literally go to YouTube and listen to the sound of birds on a beach and the waves. And like, it sounds so cheesy and so lame, but I'm telling you, if you do something small and then continuously find something that actually works for you and then just do it consistently for a while, like it's, it might make a difference, okay? My, my difference is keeping myself distracted and busy because today I was very lazy and I thought I needed a lazy day, but it actually was like, mm, your depression's starting to seek in. You better go record a podcast or otherwise you're going to feel like you're a complete failure because you did nothing today. So I'm, I'm recording and I'm hopefully I'm helping, you know, like I wanted to, to help some people relate, but like there's times where like laying down all day is good for me. And there's times where laying down all day is not good at all. I think for so many hours, it's good for me to relax. But if I relax for 12 hours straight, then my mind goes into like destruction mode. Like you're a failure. You're such a loser. You're so lazy. Get up and go do something already. And maybe that's a terrible thing. It probably is, but that's how my mind works. And me recording this right now has got those bad thoughts out. So that I think this is pretty productive for me. This whole me recording a podcast is my therapy right now. So if you've been having a busy schedule and you're just like, I just need a day off. Like literally I took a mental health day on Monday this week. Yeah, I think it was this last week. I literally was like, yo, I'm I'm taking a vacation. I don't like a vacation day. Like I got errands done and that was really nice because I had a lot of like to do things on my notes app on my phone that I also wanted to get done. But it was mostly for a mental health day. Like I just needed a day away from thinking about anything other than getting my crap done and just thinking, you know, in my own thoughts and having time to lay down and not do something for a while, like literally just scroll through TikTok and laugh at funny videos, whatever. And then today I was like, you know, I'm so excited to do absolutely nothing. And then I did that for how many hours straight? And then now I'm like, okay, now I got to be productive. So like I said, whether you need to take a day off somehow, I hope you can try and find a day where you can take something off Tell your friends you're sick if they want to have you hang out, okay? You don't always have to go out every single weekend or every single night. Take the time for yourself and deal with those emotions. And then the next day, you got to do something to find, like, help. Like, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not requiring to take medicine or therapy, but that really helped for me. Like today, I chose a podcast and that's helping me. And then I'm going to go learn how to do YouTube because, you know, your girl wants to start a channel. Yeah, we're not going to get into that because, you know, if I don't go into it and then you guys are waiting for me to get into it, like that wouldn't be good. So like, I guess that was kind of a secret that I slipped out, but there you go. That's not the big news that I have for you guys yet, but it's part of it. So there's a little hint. I want to start a vlog, but right now is not a good time for it. That's probably a terrible hint, but it's it's a part of it. So, you know, it is what it is. 
Anyway, so I'm going to like keep educating myself tonight. I'm going to keep my mind busy until I'm ready to go to bed. And I'm going to go to bed early, maybe, because it's like 8.30 right now. If I want to go to bed in an hour, I don't know. Maybe I want to go to bed at 10. Maybe I want to go to bed at 11. But I don't want to stay up past midnight, y'all. That's not for me today. I am tired, and I'm going to get up early tomorrow, and I have a long day tomorrow. That also gives me anxiety because I was like, okay, so I'm going to have a weekend where I can just relax and do absolutely nothing. And then tomorrow on Sunday, it was like, okay, now I have all these plans coming. So like tomorrow's actually going to be busy. And I'm like, oh my God, do I want a busy day? Because then the weekend goes by really fast. And then Monday's going to come even quicker. Let me tell you, 40 hours a week is so ridiculous sometimes. But, you know, I'm off my meds. So, well, I'm restarting my medicine, okay? It takes like six to eight weeks to get it back into your system. So hopefully if it gets back, then I don't have to be so sad when Monday comes around. That actually is like, it really did help when I was, you know, on getting therapy and medicine. Like I was like, okay, Mondays aren't terrible. Like I don't love it. But now it's back to a point where it's like, oh my God, like thinking about Monday makes me want to cry. I think I was getting to a point and I lost it. I really did lose it. Sorry, guys. I was like, I think sometimes when I talk, I have so many thoughts in my head. Like, I don't have any of this outline that I'm talking about. I don't have any bullet points outline. I'm literally just talking from the heart right now. So while I'm talking to you about one thing, I have something in my head already that I'm like, okay, I got to talk about that next. But then I start thinking about that while I'm already talking about something else, which is why I also pause and which is why I also stutter a lot because I have multiple things going on at once. But yeah, I lost my point. I think my whole point is take a day off if you need it. The next day, please go find something that gets your mind active. Gets You know, it doesn't have to be physical where you have to work out. It doesn't have to be anything special crazy just go outside when it's sunny go draw something go listen to music in your car like at least get out of your house get out of your bedroom maybe go to the store and come home and make some crazy recipe food like I hate cooking so I'm not going to be doing that but maybe you like cooking and you can do that and maybe that'll take your mind off things and you can listen to music while you cook maybe dance around your house like Ferris Bueller and Do whatever the heck. Like, it doesn't matter. Do something that gets you guys productive and doing anything other than sulk and think about depressing thoughts for an entire week straight. I hope that helps you guys. This is my experience with my mental health. I've been in and out of therapy. It's been very helpful. helpful. And now I'm just learning, like, I got to be productive, even though people told me that all the time. When I was younger and I didn't believe it or like you would listen to videos and people were like, oh, you got to get out and you got to do something with your life and you got to stop sulking. And I was like, shut up. I don't care. I want to sit at home and cry and I don't want to talk to anybody. And like, I, it's not good for you. Okay. It's, I swear, if you're thinking that right now, if you're telling me to shut up and you are tired of listening to me tell you the same thing over and over, it actually does make a difference. Listen to those voices. They're telling you you for a reason, okay? They went through it and they're like, yeah, being productive helps. Taking some days off for your mental health helps, but not every day. Got to do something. 
Okay, so that is my advice to you all. I hope that this was a good episode. I will tell you, I do apologize for my last week's episode about the trending thing. I kind of regret recording because, like I said, I'm in the midst of depression and anxiety. So last week I was like, I don't know what to talk about. I started doing an episode about like just life. Like I was going to do a dream life part two, but the whole entire time I was just complaining. I was like, girl, stop, stop recording. And I would keep trying to record without complaining, but all I would do is complain and just be super negative. So I was like, you're not posting this. Stop. Let's just do a fun episode. So I did the trending episode. Not really proud of it. It was kind of boring and lame. You know, I want to stray away from those. Like, I want to do some fun episodes like that, but that one was not my full effort. I didn't plan that at all. I didn't. I don't know. I'm sorry. It was terrible. Don't ever listen to it again. Just pretend it's not there. I could delete it, but I'm just going to leave it up anyway, because maybe some of you enjoyed it. I have no idea. But I hope this was a better episode. I really felt passionate about this. I've been thinking about it all week. And I just really hope that if you guys do relate to this, you know, I hope it didn't trigger anything. I truly, truly hope that it helps somebody out there that's like, okay, I feel this. I understand this. And now I want to do something about this. I don't want to feel miserable for the rest of my life. I want to finally be happy It's going to take a long time, but you're going to find happiness if you try. It it takes you. No one is going to make you happy but yourself. I know. You can yell at me to shut up. You can, but I'm telling you, it is you. No one is going to help. There might be people who can kind of help for a day, but long term, if you want to be happy, it's on you. You're going to find happiness. I promise. Keep pushing. I love you. And thank you so much for listening. Bye.